Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, Fightful.com here on the SRS Wrestling Channel. If you want to find out what's up with all that, I got a whole dedicated video. But for now, this is where our shows are streamed at. Uh, sometimes when Warren streams shows, you can uh, check them out at YouTube.com slash Warren Hayes. But if you've got the question, where is this podcast? Where is that podcast? They're always at Fightful.com. We will get this sorted out. But we've got WWE TLC to talk about. We had UFC last night, NWA into the fire, Ring of Honor final battle this weekend, SmackDown Friday, Raw tomorrow night. There's too much happening. And we have Dave Schilling here to talk about this particular event. Dave, how you doing? Oh, so good. I mean, better now that the show is over. <laughs> Back by popular demand. People, people liked you on the show last time. It feels good to know that the kids out there still support me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, make sure you follow Dave. Uh, I would like to have had a, a lower third prepared, but unfortunately, the the messy week that was kind of set me back on a few things. But you'll get uh, Dave's social media info towards uh, the end of this show. No super chats right now, but you can subscribe to Fightful Select. I'm doing a Q&A show this week. Ask as many questions as you want if you're a subscriber. FightfulSelect.com, but let's go ahead and get this started. Pre-show, Humberto Carrillo defeated Andrade. Andrade had been undefeated going into this week. Now he drops back-to-back matches to Carrillo. Some really good athleticism here, Dave, but there are some spots that I hate. I hate the double foot stomp. I'm going to cry and bitch about it every single time that I see it. Every single time Humberto Carrillo sits there hanging for nine seconds. I timed it. Nine seconds. (laughs) Hey, man, what, what, what's going, you're not going to stop me, are you? You wouldn't do that, would you? Because I'm just sitting here. There is a lot of contrived spots in professional wrestling. This is one of them. Obviously, uh, one of the, the more contrived spots is, is a double foot stomp. But also, uh, you know, just to go back to AEW uh, from this uh, last, last Wednesday, the uh, street fight the hole in the, the trash can thing. Like there's yeah. so much of this where it takes me out of the match. I can't focus on the drama, the emotion, any of the physicality. If it's obviously a contrived spot yeah. where the violence is just cartoonish. I can, I can suspend my disbelief a bit and I give a lot of leeway to stuff. I, I just want it to at least be in the realm of possibility of making sense. And there's going to be a lot of spots that we talk about tonight uh, uh, like this, but uh, some decent work and some a couple really good athletic guys. Andrade gets busted open pretty well. Uh, I just, it's hard for me to invest in anything in general. One because Carrillo's got no character. He's got no nothing for for all the criticism I hear about any other show, whether it be NXT, AEW, Ring of Honor, Impact, or even SmackDown. I point to this guy. This is the prototypical. He does very cool-looking moves but has no sense of character behind him. The thing is, if he had gotten busted up instead of Andrade, 
I think that would have went an awful long way in something like this because he's supposed to be the young guy that is kind of overcoming things, but I, I'm not I'm not quite seeing it right now. I said this in my newsletter, and I'll say it again. I think he should be a heel. He's too cute. He's got those dimples and that smirk, and it's just – it all is gross. I don't mean to insult the man, yeah. but he's too handsome. Yes, he's He's too handsome pretty. to the point where I just want to like – flick him in the face or like kick his shins or something i think that he could follow a formula that i think would work with apollo cruz too like apollo cruz seems like one of those guys that is so nice that you would believe he's not genuine like yeah. even if he were just being himself you would think man there's no way it's like when we see ricochet saying like well i'm just a normal guy and by golly some people may say i'm a superhero but i'm not i'm like you can do a 630 you're not just a normal guy and, and yeah, I mean, Carrillo or Apollo Cruz. Professional wrestlers are not normal people. Yeah, they're really athletic, jacked human beings that can do insane things. And so, trying to bring them down to the level of like, I'm just like you. I'm, you know, I'm. I, I like to eat uh, hot dogs and apple pie <laughs> and watch football. It's like <laughs> that's not interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, there's no larger than life heroes. Uh, Humberto Carrillo is uh, unfortunately the victim of. Things changing and creative, you know, there were a lot of plans for him that didn't go anywhere because of a variety of reasons that I probably shouldn't talk about, but there are things that... You can. No, I shouldn't. <laughs> uh, there are things that, that could have been done with that were going to be done with him that unfortunately couldn't be done because of uh, extenuating circumstances, so right now he's just kind of like floating around WWE with nothing really to do, so their answer is always, well, he's... He's uh, He speaks Spanish. This guy speaks Spanish. Let him wrestle, which is not enough. There I mean, needs already, to be reasons for these guys to fight. I already had respect for Andrade, but I, I gained a great measure of respect when he showed up unadvertised at uh, a media day in Toronto and did like 20 interviews in English, it, which is a language he's still learning and working to learn. And I know that, that he asked about how he could improve his position, and he was told to learn English, and he's trying to learn English. And... I mean, that that's intimidating for a lot of people to do in their first language, much less one that they're just learning. So uh, a lot of respect there, and they got to give Carrillo some edge. It's just uh, anything, a uh, character, a uh, catchphrase, a uh, better music, uh, a flashier entrance, just something that's going to make people have a reason to like him, a reason to care about his matches. Because right now I have zero reason to care. Well, he does have one of the best moonsaults I've ever seen. That thing is a beauty. A Absolutely. Beauty. He seems like he gets like more hang time than anybody else on all of his moves. He won with a nice moonsault after Super Frankensteiner. We see Andrade arguing with Zelina a little bit more. Man, I don't know. I'm like Here's this is what you do, okay? You you turn Carrillo by having Zelina turn on Andrade, you make a baby face, you make a, a, a dastardly heel, you mm -hmm. give Carrillo a character, and you've got an issue, a personal issue going forward through January, February. They're not going to do that. I'm sure they won't. They're going to put her. They're going to put her with Alistair Black. Oh God, that's such a bad Write idea. Write it down right now. It's going to happen. The last time I saw Alistair Black interact with her on TV, it got him under for me. He started to make jokes about her height. <laughs> And I was yeah. like, no, stop saying words on yeah, the show. Alistair Black should never be in a room with a female. Just don't. It just ruins his character. He hey, should... you know what? Eddie Murphy and Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2. No love interest. None. Bingo. Yeah. None. I, Nothing I would say Alistair Black is the Eddie Murphy of WWE. He does a mean shoulder roll, too. I bet right yeah. behind a car. I bet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the match I thought stole the show, uh, WWE SmackDown Tag Team Match, or Tag Team Championship Match, New Day and The Revival. Whew, I mean, honestly, I've seen them wrestle at least once every month. Okay, fine. But they threw the ladder in, and all of a sudden I was way more excited. For a hot minute, I thought Ali G, or Al Team Ali G, Ali and Shorty G were going to end up in this. But this ends up being really good. But I don't know if you saw this on the pre-show. The Revival getting in Booker T's face... And challenging him and Stevie Ray and me as a guy who has an interview with Stevie Ray in the can, I'm like, yeah, please, please. But uh, 
I thought that was very cool. I, I dug that. It was a fantastic match. You know, these four guys are going to have great matches. You know, just throw them out there, give them a ladder, and they're going to blow the, the roof off the place. I just wish, again, that there was any sort of personal issue here. There was any reason for them to hate each other. It's just – it. Those titles hanging above the ring do, do it a little bit for me. A little bit, but that's a crutch. The titles are, are storytelling crutches. They are not uh, the icing on the cake. They're the cake. They're the whole cake. It's like, well, it's, if it's not for the belt, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And that is the problem is any match on this card that wasn't for the title save for one match was heatless. Yeah. Just dead. Everything yeah. else was just like – there were there was a lot of heatless stuff on this show, uh, especially yep. especially as as it progressed on. Uh, my only qualm with this, there were a couple of logic issues. The revival had to wait on Kofi a couple times to bounce around. Big E set up like three ladders instead of just getting the the title. But the offense in this was great, and WWE wrestlers specifically have adapted to selling really really well these days. Because a lot of people say. Oh, nobody sells anymore. Well, there's a lot of things that have changed in wrestling. Like, last night, Max Holloway had his leg kicked out, and he was not selling that. He did not want anybody to know. But Scott Dawson took a stumble and grabbed his knee and just screamed repeatedly. And I was like, oh, my gosh, he he, he Sid Vicious himself. <laughs> Daniel Bryan's really good about this. He'll take a bump to the outside, and he'll go like this, and you'll be like, no, it's it. It's the final concussion again. Yep. He knows how to work you. Those people know how to work us. And and selling is what creates drama. And if there's not great selling in a match, I I tune out because then it becomes a video game. You have to have uh, expert selling. You have to have believable offense to make that selling um, meaningful in the in the, the course of the match. And these you know the the tag team championship match certainly had that in spades. Yeah, uh, Scott Dawson doing some flying drop kicks. Kofi with a tornado DDT, trouble in paradise, and he gets shatter machine. Big E does what we call the YOLO dive, and it always looks insane. I, I don't know how he's never been hurt doing that, but bless the man. Scott Dawson, as much as I enjoy his work, his ladder accuracy was about at a twelve. <laughs> if he were like, if we were doing Madden ladder offense, two thousand twenty. His accuracy is about a 12. He missed the ladder with Big E, which honestly kind of looked cool. But <laughs> later on, he, he he almost missed the ladder when, when it got smashed into his face, when the titles got smashed into his face too. Uh, there was a big ending off the ladder as well. I, I really loved how they switched up some of the offense in this and did things a little bit differently because we're talking about Really 20 years since ladder matches were happening multiple times a year. 25 years since ladder matches became a thing. It's hard to think of new stuff to do, Dave. It is. That's why there is a a problem with this pay-per-view. The idea of this pay-per-view is inherently flawed because it's a pay-per-view designed around ladder matches or, you know, gimmick matches, extremely violent matches. And you can't have that in every match on the card. My favorite match had no gimmicks, no titles on the line. It was the match right after the tag title match, Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy, which I thought was stellar and got the crowd into it, despite the fact that there were no belts hanging from the ceiling. There was no ladder. There was no chair. There was no table. None of that. It was just two guys kicking the shit out of each other, and I loved it. Let's talk about one of the uphill battles that this match faced. Uh, Alistair Black wearing olive green gear. <laughs> and then, like, mismatched boots. Yeah. I guess that the one boot is, like, that's the black mass boot. So that's the one yeah. you're supposed to be aware of. But he he looked like a Marine or something. <laughs> Not the Marine, but yeah. a Marine. Pretty early on, Black's nose gets what we can only assume is broken. There's lots of time killing kind of early on, and I-, I wasn't that into it. I didn't think it was clicking. Then it did. When Black got his wits about him, boy, this got good. This got really good. He got the crowd back up for his offense, and they went back and forth. There was just this this amazing knee from Black, then the cheeky Nando's hit, and a good power bomb from uh, Buddy Murphy. 
and the exchange towards the end. I, I'm a dork for that stuff. I love good technical striking and counters to that. And this this was it. There were good slips, ducks, uh, strikes, combinations that would be effective. And then Black just uncorks a Black Mass and wins. This was exactly what I thought it needed to be. Buddy Murphy in loss did not lose anything. So when I, was, had people, yeah. when I had people last week saying, oh, Andrade's not hurt by losing to Humberto Carrillo, who loses every single week. I was like, yeah, he kind of is. When mm. Buddy Murphy loses to Aleister Black, who doesn't lose at all, he's not hurt. This ruled, Dave. That match was great. It was everything you want from a wrestling match in 2019. It was believable again. Believability is 90% of professional wrestling. If you believe that the guys are getting hurt, the drama of the match is going to go through the roof. And that was the case here because both guys are great strikers, like you said, and they sell really well. Um, if you put on a good performance and you lose, no one remembers that you lost. Do you remember who lost the uh, ladder match at WrestleMania 10? Yes. Yes, well, you're a wrestling nerd, but most people are like, I remember it was an awesome match, but they don't think as yeah. much about who won. Because it didn't matter because it made both of those guys' careers. Yeah. Do you remember who won t the first TLC? Probably not. You probably don't remember that. Edge, Edge and Christian. Okay, you're a nerd again. Well, I mean, they, but they won like every TLC for a while. Pretty much, pretty thing. much, yes. But it, again, it just doesn't – it doesn't hurt you if you go out there and you have a kick-ass match. Sorry, I had muted myself. Uh, this was fantastic. I'm really excited to see if there is some sort of follow-up dynamic. But knowing WWE, what will happen is we'll just see this match again tomorrow night. Yep. Like, that's that's the formula, usually. Oh, especially when old St. Nick's coming next week. We and, might see and, it. Yep. We might see it at the subsequent taping as well. <laughs> we and Buddy Murphy's going to win this time. And they're just going to keep flip-flopping. Uh, I, I don't know. I think they will keep Aleister Black strong. But, man, Buddy Murphy, the way that that guy willed himself into a position. Because he, he straight up told me. He was like, they did not want me on 205 Live. And I was like, well, what do you want me on? Because I'm not on anything right now. And he, he got himself in a crazy shape and changed his life. Not just changed his career. Changed his life. So a, a lot of respect for him as well. WWE Raw Tag Team Championship Open Challenge. The Viking Raiders make an open challenge. And, well, here's the deal. Uh, one tag team. Well, let's see. What, what tag teams do we even have? Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins just got beat, right? And there, there's really not, not a lot else. AOP ain't, ain't going to be there yet. So you got the OC, who, by the way, were the last or the only people to beat the Viking Raiders. Which still a little bit questionable to me. Because the Viking Raiders were supposed to win that from what I understand until a couple days before. But the Viking Raiders beat them like five times before that, Dave. So yeah, this this was the beginning of the end of this show, man. Yeah. This was the this was the match that that uh, that said this is not going to be great. <laughs> the rest of this is going to be really grim and slow and dull. This was an excuse to do a KFC ad. Let's be real. That's what this was for. This was to have the KFC table spot. That's it. Yeah. And do you think that Luke Gallows went out of his way to shoot down the idea of him getting the biscuits and gravy? I'm glad that you made that connection because nobody else on Twitter did. Yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, uh, this match boy, was okay. Stinker. It was a stinker. Yeah, like, it was whatever, man. Like, the thing is, people were like, okay, well, the Viking Raiders got to get their win back. Well, they didn't, but they had already beaten this team five times. Yeah, uh. the work the work was fine. You know, yeah. when you get to this level in professional wrestling, the work is always going to be fine. It's always going to be good enough. For, for example, but, the, the yeah. drop – go ahead, sorry. No, I was going to say the work is fine, but if it doesn't have a personal issue, if the teams aren't – uh, heated up with the OC is not. Uh, if if you're doing a mystery uh, opponent reveal and it's a team that you've seen wrestle the same team five times in a row and lose, yeah. it's just not going to work. Yeah. There's a popcorn match. Well, it's a popcorn chicken match, 
actually. <laughs> but uh, you did it. I did it. I my, my favorite spot of this match was the drop down trip that ended up happening probably on accident because when you do a drop down, that's what you're supposed to do. Whenever I see wrestlers drop straight down, they're doing it wrong. You're supposed to slide underneath somebody's legs because you want to trip them, you want to ground them, you want to put their back on the mat. These guys didn't miss a beat. I like that. Uh, Ivar, however, missed by a mile on the handspring elbow. It didn't look good. Mm. Gallows Mm-mm. breaks up a pin off the Viking experience. And I'll tell you the biggest problem I have with this was not the double count out. I can't remember which it was. Eric or Ivar. How dare he clear the food off the table? <laughs> the crowd well, booed it. You know what? It was probably a mandate from KFC. You can put him through the table, but don't wreck the food. It was just half of it, though. He left some of it on there. I think he heard the booze, and he was like, nah, sorry, KFC. Because <laughs> the thing is, like, I remember the early days of table breaks in WWF when they would still have those big-ass CRT monitors up there because they didn't yep. have the delay or anything. So you'd see, like, Bret Hart get knocked off the apron into those, and those two heavy-ass monitors would just fly through the air and always land on somebody. Uh, I think Ahmed Johnson hit like a modified pro over plunge on someone through one and it happened too. I wanted to see the famous bowl and the chicken breast <laughs> doing the same thing. I yeah. wanted to see the mashed potatoes flying into the audience. That's what I was here for the whole time. And I can't believe it didn't happen. Also, shocking that Marty Skrull did not debut here eating <laughs> chicken. It, it, man, what a disappointment. Well, you can't have it all. Yeah, John John Cena's annual pay-per-view streak ended. This was a good spot for him. Huh. TLC match. Oh, God damn, man. So I'll say the highlight of this match for me, Dave, was Roman Reigns destroying, like, all of quote, Corbin's cohorts at the beginning. And Corbin wearing wrist tape. Highlights of the match. <laughs> uh, I hate that spot, actually, the the – Oh, I'm going to send my goons out yeah. after uh, the good guy, and he's just going to wail on him and throw him off the, the stage. Of course they're going to get their ass kicked. It's not exciting anymore. We know that these guys are, are basically non-playable characters from a video game. Yes. That they're just dudes in black costumes that are there to get punched. There's no drama to it anymore. I don't believe that these people are a threat to Roman Reigns. I don't believe that most people are a threat to Roman Reigns. It took... And this is this is an, a, a guesstimate on my on my part because I didn't count during the show. Uh, at least seven people to beat Roman Reigns tonight. Yeah, so I it mean, took seven people to beat him. I was going to mention I am a fan of the beat 'em up video game era, so that's probably why I like this so much. I like kicking the living shit out sure. of foot soldiers. I, I'm a fan of that. Then you get to the end, you got to fight Metalhead or Slash or whatever the the semi boss is there. But this match wasn't good. Oh man, nope. Reigns got a table to the joy of the crowd, and Corbin hit a pretty nice choke slam through it. But Corbin gets help from Dolph Ziggler, who had some really good timing with a super kick. But when I hear a 39-year-old man in Dolph Ziggler screaming, Listen to your king when you're commanded to! I was like, oh, man. Yeah, this feud is mostly incredibly corny. The whole king gimmick is a relic of the 20th century uh, the last time a King gimmick really worked was probably Booker T. Um, it's just, I've seen this so many times. The only reason why this was a TLC match was so it could be no DQ so they could have the interference. And then Roman loses. Nobody gets over from this. Corbin doesn't get over because he had a, an entire army to beat Roman Reigns. Uh, the match wasn't for anything. You know, the idea of the locker room leader is such an overused cliche on WWE programming now, but it doesn't mean anything because these guys are all supposed to hate each other. Yeah. What is, they're not a football team, man. There's no leader. If you say that there's a locker room leader, that's the, the implication is that these guys all hang out together yeah, the, and, and that they're fighting a common cause. They're not. They're fighting each other. Last month I was, I was asking people like, what is, with this brand warfare gimmick, like what? Why? Why would they care? First off, they all just got drafted, and somebody was like, "Oh, they they travel the world with these guys," and I'm like, "They bang each other's wives in storyline." Yep. 
Like they they are beating the shit out of each other week after week, and they're all going for the same prize, which is the WWE Championship, the Universal Championship. So, what does being a locker room leader mean? What does it mean when Roman Reigns loses the locker room? They should all hate him, yeah. and he should hate all of them. Baron Corbin, I thought, was rehabilitated with the King of the Ring tournament. Not necessarily subsequently with his portrayal of that crappy gimmick, because he's been made to look like an absolute dork ever since. He had outstanding one-on-one matches, usually with clean endings in that tournament. And I was like, all right, I get it. And the thing is, his in-ring, when he doesn't slow a match to a crawl with a half-Nelson crossface... I think is pretty good. Like he's he's a very innovative wrestler and often does not get the credit for that. Deep six rules. I love that ripcord slam he does, and I love end of days. And also, I love how dedicated he is to protecting his finishing move. I love that. But he is made to look like a joke all the time. And and maybe that's the direction. I know it's the direction they want to go because it's the direction they've went. But I I was like, did he need to be king of the ring if you were going to do that? Like, not really, because it didn't add anything. It just gave him a stupid, as you mentioned, crutch to lean on. Oh, I'm the king, and I, I wear this Game of Thrones-inspired gear now, and whatever. Like, we didn't need an excuse he's for a, him to change his shitty gear. Right. He's a, he's a king now. He was a constable before. They just keep putting different costumes on the same guy. Yeah. And I think Baron Corbin's a super talented person and a smart guy yeah. and a good heel. But... His the way that they portray his character, like you said, is a dork. Is he's not? There's no personal issue again. It's he, he wants to be a locker room leader, or he wants people to kiss his ring, or bow to him, or like, you know, it's all cheap heat in his promos about how the town sucks, or uh, you know how Roman Reigns uh, is actually a puppy dog or a chihuahua or something. Like none of it connects on an emotional level uh the way that you watch an, M- an uh, excuse me an MJF promo an MJF makes you believe that he really hates Cody Rhodes i don't believe baron corbin anytime he talks that said he's still a talent it's just that they're writing crap for him yeah i, I thought he came across best on breaking ground in 2015 when it was like you, you, I couldn't tell if it was half real, half not where he's like, you know what? I didn't have to wrestle in smelly ass gyms. I didn't have to wrestle in front of a bunch of dorks. I wrestled for WWE from the get go and that's how I've been. And I thought that was his best go of it. I thought that was the most natural thing. Uh, eventually Ziggler attacks Reigns with a chair and the revival come out and hit a shatter machine. End of days wins it. This whole thing. Just screamed Sheamus winning the title at the end yep. of 2015. Yep. And and the thing is, that was a panic move because Seth Rollins tore his knee to shreds. This isn't like a panic move. There there were a lot of people not on this show. Braun Strowman's dealing with an injury, whatever. Randy Orton was not on this show. AJ Styles was not on this show. Bailey was not on this show. Sasha Banks was not there. Daniel Bryan did not wrestle on this show. They left a lot of people off. And so that they could have the Raw Tag Team Championship match with the KFC tie-in. Yeah. Okay. Think about that. Think about that. Uh, Baron Corbin is a big, nasty heel when you look at him. Just like a real bruiser, a legitimate tough guy, and they have him cutting comedy promos. So when this match ends and it, nobody gets over, that's the reason why. Ugh. Ugh. We'll go back to... Roman Reigns and and the like in a bit. Bray Wyatt defeated The Miz. We see a video package that is way too long for this. Um, Yep. Was it longer than the match? (laughs) It felt like it. It might have been. And let me tell you, I wouldn't know what was in the video package because I went downstairs and made myself a hot cocoa and came back up and it was still going on. So there's no reaction for Bray Wyatt initially, and as the the entrance goes on, he really is able to get the crowd into it and pick it up, and he's like, I'm really excited for this, and it is a categorically different character than what we've seen in The Fiend, and I dig that. I even wondered if it would result in The Miz winning, and the thing is, he very well could have in this match. They didn't quite explain, and I hope he does, just why he didn't shoot the half and pin the guy after he hit a skull-crushing finale. 
I know Bray Wyatt like kind of sat up a little bit and laughed, but Miz attacked, and that skull crushing finale hit after a Miss Sister Abigail. Miz would break Wyatt's arm, and I got to say my favorite part of the match was Bray running full speed into the barricade to reset his arm. That was cool. And Sister Abigail wins it. I I did not like this match though. Mm-mm. This was my least favorite match on the entire show, which is saying a lot because we've already talked about the Raw Tag Team Title match. But yeah. this, the psychology was all over the place. He's rope a doping and 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 laughing, and Miz is basically working heel, which destroys the momentum. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply of the match which is grinds the match to a halt because the audience doesn't know what to think are we supposed to be cheering are we supposed to be booing how are we supposed to feel right now uh bray is a is a, is a an incredibly creative clever guy and you know this character is 90 percent him maybe more yeah uh, and it's all from his brain and this part of it didn't work to me it didn't work because it if he comes out here in the sweater and he's grinning and smiling and stuff, he's almost a baby face. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why he has to have this bifurcated personality where he does this, you know, the videos, the Firefly Funhouse vignettes, and then when he comes to the ring, he's a scary guy in the mask. Because if he comes out waving to the crowd and and, and hugging people uh, and and getting them to cheer – then he's going to bury whichever baby face he's working with. And then when Brian comes out, people are excited to see Brian, but it's not the kind of reaction I think they wanted to get where people were so happy to see him save the Miz. Why wasn't this a championship match if he was just going to retain it anyway? To put the doubt in your mind. Yeah, I mean, I I see that, but uh, yeah, I guess so. But, the, the, yeah, that that was really the only doubt I had in this match, so I, I, I get that. This it was match, basically a squash. Yeah. It was a squash match with a bunch of heatless uh, Miz offense. Yeah, and then Bray Wyatt hits his finish and wins. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'm, I know I'm okay with that. Sure, Miz is whatever. I mean, the thing is, a lot of people are like, oh, Miz is done. He's done. No. Miz is never done. I thought he was done when he was a babyface in like 2014, and then he got hotter than ever. So the Miz is always one promo away from being the biggest star in the company. Yeah, that's all it takes is give him the microphone in the right situation. I thought he did a great job in the lead up to this. It's just that the match, the concept of the match, and the way it was produced was antithetical to crowd participation and heat. It was the exact opposite of getting heat. You mentioned uh, Bray Wyatt's creativity and all that. Like I spoke to Matt Hardy a while back for an interview, and he he explained to me him explaining the Broken Universe to other people. He was like, I had to have a thirty minute conversation with Vince McMahon, and he was like, I don't quite get it, but I know that some people like it. He said that he even like got some resistance from Jeff Hardy, where Jeff Hardy was, uh, I don't know, man. But when he told Bray Wyatt, Bray was like, Yeah, I get it. I, I completely relate to this. I see your 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 vision for this. I think that that kind of says a lot. This was the first Bray Wyatt match we had seen since 2018. Uh, he showed up at the end of that year. He did like Starcade and a couple other spots on live events. But other than that, this is the first match that Bray Wyatt, instead of the Fiend, has had since August 2018. And it's wild to think that he didn't wrestle on TV for like a year. Yeah, he was he was fully healthy for months, and yeah. they spent so much time on the creative for this. And you know, to go back to like the explanations of how people uh, in the wrestling industry are uh, are are sold on a concept that's that's far out. Bray Wyatt had to convince Vince McMahon 
that this was a good idea. Mm-hmm. If you've wow. never worked in WWE or don't know a lot about the inner workings of the wrestling business, you wouldn't realize how remarkable that is. Yeah. That this this thing, this insane character is something that he got a 74-year-old or 75-year-old man who doesn't watch television or see movies uh, to say yes to. Like he didn't, Vince didn't get the broken universe, but he gets, he, he said yes to Bray Wyatt and yeah. Bray Wyatt is a champion. That's and crazy. It's wild. The series of events that unfolded to kind of birth this situation, because like if he hadn't had that car wreck last year, if he hadn't been going through some personal stuff, uh, if he hadn't had a kid and had some time off there, like, I, you don't know what his television situation would have been. I know there was a little bit of heat on him, like, last summer because of some of those situations. Uh, not the kid, not the kid being born, but <laughs> the crash and him missing TV because of some personal stuff that, that, that took him out of action during a tag title run. And he was, like you said, healthy. He was healthy. He popped up, like, after months at Starcade last year. Play, U.S. Bank Arena, place came unglued for him. Worked a couple of holiday tour main events, and then they're just like, ah, nope, off TV for a while. It's nuts the way that that works, and probably the best thing that could have happened to him, all things considered. Yeah, he's gone from being on the pre-show of WrestleMania in the Battle Royal to probably, most likely, the main event. Yeah, yeah. See, I would not be surprised if him and Roman is the main event of Yeah, WrestleMania. I wouldn't be surprised about that either. Well, I'll tell you what's not going to be. Uh, Lashley and Rusev. This tables match. Uh, Rusev earlier says that he would be elated if Lashley marries Lana. And I love this because he was like, uh, legally, I won't have to pay alimony. So I'd be pretty stoked about that. And I like that. They made sense of that. Cool. Uh, I didn't care about this match and it felt like nobody else did either. And you could tell they created a big, like, babyface heat spot where Rusev would come back and start beating Lashley with the kendo stick, and they expected the crowd to just go crazy. They did not. They did not. Nope. Um My favorite spot of this match is where Lashley is on the apron. Rusev knocks him off, but Lashley just jumps over the table. That was, like, the lone high spot for this for me. Uh, this is not exactly, like, oh, this is not good stuff, man. They spent so much time. Weeks and weeks of television building this story, making you hate Lana, making, um, you know, Lashley d- despicable, making you sympathetic for Rusev. All these absurd things happen from uh, arrests and, and, and uh, restraining orders and divorce angles and babies. And it was uh, like an Attitude Era angle, as everybody's already said. So for the match to then be this tepid is just like you pop the balloon and it just goes limp you know there was nothing to this match uh i think back to some of the the great uh you know garbage angles of all time like vince versus shane at wrestlemania 17 and linda in the coma and vince having an affair with trish stratus and that match paid off one of the dumbest angles of all time, but one of the best dumb angles of all time. Yeah. There's run-ins, there's gar- garbage cans, there's there's Linda rising from the from her chair and kicking Vince in the nuts, and all this stuff that got the crowd, you know, frothing at the mouth by the end of it. This didn't even have that. It had none of that. It had. It, there was no Gaga. Uh, Lana wasn't really involved in the match, even though she was basically the one that everyone wanted to see get beat up. But of course she can't because it's a man on woman situation. WWE doesn't do that. Yeah. So Lashley has to be the one for Rusev to, to, to fight. Lashley's not really heated up in this entire scenario. And then he wins and it's just, no one cares. It's, this is not about Lashley and Rusev. It's about Lana and Rusev. And Lashley is just the third wheel in this whole thing. So, of course, there's no heat because nobody wants to see those two guys fight. They want to see Lana and Rusev. I'll tell you what. If popping balloons leaves you limp and you want to rise like Linda McMahon, 
and give mm-hmm. your nuts a little bit of a shot. Mm-hmm. Whether you're breaking tables or backboards, my friend. Headboards doesn't matter. BlueChew.com has you covered. Same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work a hell of a lot better than this match did. But they work up to twice as fast. It's chewable, so it gets into your system a lot faster. You can take it on a full or empty stomach, and you're going to save a lot of time. You don't have to schedule a doctor's appointment. You don't have to go to the pharmacy. It's prescribed online. It ships straight to your door. Straight to your door. Do you know what that means, Dave? Yeah, it means I don't have to leave my house to get my boner pills. And, and, because it's discreet, you're not going to have the mailman walking up with this package saying, Wow! Are these for your dick? Yeah, you're going to be walking up with your own package. Exactly! And it's going to be a big one. Oversized. You're going to be like, hands off my package. I didn't give you consent, sir. Consent is also important. BlueChew.com, code Fightful. Get that first shipment free. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping. Check it out, my friends. Hit them up at BlueChew on Twitter. Let them know you heard about them from us. My God. Let me tell you, your your experience with BlueChew is going to be a much better experience than than WWE TLC 2019. At least the latter half of, of this show. Oh, man. I, mean, I popped a Bluetooth before we started recording, and that's why you can only see so far down because yeah, I don't want to reveal. I don't want to reveal. Yeah, you don't want to get my uh, this channel terminated, too. The finished product. Yeah. yeah. God. My God. My God, pals. So, right. eventually, yeah, I'm with you on all your points. Uh, Lashley couldn't spear Rusev through the table and had to suplex him. Ugh. And the thing yeah, is, it, I, I'm less forgivable to pay-per-view matches than TV matches, especially pay-per-view matches that they've spent so much television time on, Dave. You can't blow the, the you, you can't ruin the, the, the blow-off. You can't, you can't, uh, skimp on the payoff of these long-term angles. And, uh, I felt that way with Miz and, 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 uh, and Bray. That should have been a TV match, considering it was 90%, uh, you know, uh, angle advancement, storyline advancement, as opposed to a blow-off wrestling match. But it was essentially the blow-off for Miz versus versus Bray. And then with this, weeks, weeks, months, months of television for a match that basically didn't get started. Well, uh, the main event got started, and it couldn't end soon enough for me. I thought this match was a trash fire, and that's mind-boggling to me with the the ingredients involved, a women's tag team match, a women's tag team title match, TLC match, and I just thought this was bad. Uh, Kyrie Sane looked out of it, like, and she, she was, was concussed. Yeah. She, the, I would not be shocked at all to learn she was concussed because quite frankly, she had a bad match and that does not happen. I don't think I've right. seen a bad Kyrie Sane match and this was one. This was probably the worst thing I've ever seen her involved in and it just wasn't good all around. Uh, I think it was the worst match from all four of them. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, I I would agree. Uh, There was a spot where Kyrie jumped off the apron to put them through a table and it's weird because WWE's own shitty production saved it because I couldn't see what happened. And it was one of those few instances where WWE is so bad with their camera zooms that I didn't I didn't really miss anything because it needed to be missed. But there were some spots that I I couldn't stand where Becky Lynch and Charlotte are standing next to a ladder that they've set up in the ring. Both of them. Asuka's out of out of it. And Kyrie just starts throwing stuff. And no not nobody's climbing that ladder. And I have everybody saying, like, oh, calm calm down. Just just enjoy it. No, eat my ass. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> There's nothing to enjoy if nothing makes sense. It doesn't make sense. And somebody was like, oh, you know, it's fake. It's fake. Well, yeah, no shit. You can tell it is right there. That That is so dumb. And the thing is, like, did I like, did I think it was funny that Kyra is throwing stuff? Yeah. But then she goes under the ring. So now you have Asuka laid out and you have Kyrie underneath the the ring 
Nobody's going to get them. All they got to do is climb up the ladder. But they pull her out and they get fired yeah. and extinguished. We got we got to find her. No, you don't. No, if she just stays down there for the rest of the match, you guys win. The, the uh, jobber that faced Eric Rowan last week is smarter in storyline than the two maybe most over women in WWE recent history. It doesn't make sense. It was. This is another it, another match where there's no real personal issue. Uh, they're not. They haven't had any sort of story where you care who wins or loses. Uh, the match starts off illogical, and then Kyrie gets a concussion, most likely. Uh, and then they carry on putting her through tables. There was a, the spot where Charlotte has to deadlift her up to put her through the table with the power bomb. Yeah. Like, at some point in your head, don't you say, oh, God, this – She's in trouble. Maybe I shouldn't keep beating the crap out of her. Where's the referee? Who's on Who's on headset with the referee? Someone has to know. Someone in Gorilla has to be like, she's get her out of the match. It was bad, man. Like I felt bad for her throughout the entire thing. I knew yeah. it was it was all messed up when when she couldn't take a bump off the spear. Yeah. Uh, on the on the floor, I was like, okay, yep, this is it's not Charlotte's fault. Probably the best spots of the match was Charlotte taking a bump through a table outside. Uh, <laughs> Becky, like, flying, ass-dropping Oscar through a table was pretty good. That was pretty tough. But, uh, oh, this was just not good. Like, yeah. Charlotte was almost- up, did have to powerbomb her through a table, and it was a nasty-looking powerbomb. But horrible, horrible bump. It just, it's like- it just did not make sense. And the thing is, all, all these people that are like, it was written that way. No shit, Sherlock. I am not condemning Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. They did not agent the match, I would assume. Um, yeah, they're not allowed to do stuff like yes, that. Yes, they're no. not allowed to. Uh, from I had agents that had flat out told me a lot of guys get grief when they call stuff in the ring unless their name is John Cena, and even he would have Arn producing everything. It's it, they got to make sense of things, and it it kind of i don't want to say it buried the concept of the tag titles it, it didn't bury it but it didn't make it look like they didn't give a shit about it and they they've come a long way with those tag team titles lately since Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross won them they were defended regularly and i think Oscar and Kyrie Sane have defended them every single month and at Starcade and all that they're they're making it important and the main event of the show it main evented the show and Oscar one of those tag champions has Becky's number. I don't think that she should have hit Becky with a chair and lost her even by DQ on Monday, but she's got Becky Lynch's number. And I like that. I love the finish. I love having the rope there and pulling the ladder over. I thought that was very clever. That was about the highlight of this match to me because I thought it was real bad. It's almost like they they planned the finish and then they wrote, the, the they came up with the spots backwards. It's like okay, well, what if we have this thing where they the, there's a there's a rope tied to the ladder and we pull it. Well, that's cool. Let's do that. But then everything else just felt like the worst kind of indie spot fest. Yeah, and I I love independent wrestling. I love spot heavy matches. Um, but this was just unmotivated spot after unmotivated spot with no momentum. No, no uh, false finishes, no drama. Uh, obviously, Kyrie being uh, knocked out didn't help, but it wasn't good before that. So it's not like oh, this ruined a perfectly good match. It was completely confused and nonsensical long before Kyrie went out of the match. I love Oscar winning. That that's how it should happen. It's very clearly to set up. Becky Lynch versus Asuka for the Royal Rumble, and if they're not, they're it's dumb. But I mean, it makes a lot of sense too. Asuka beat Becky Lynch at last year's Royal Rumble. She has beaten her, and I've mentioned this over and over: tag team matches, triple threat matches, TLC matches, uh, Royal Rumble matches. Even there, there have been there isn't a match type that Asuka has not beaten Becky Lynch in, and not I many people can say that. I don't think Becky Lynch has been. Uh, pinned or submitted, lost a singles match since the Royal Rumble last or this year. 
Yeah. I think her last, she got pinned by Asuka in a tag team match. Okay. Well, I mean, a singles, in a a singles. Okay. Yes. Correct. Tag tags. I'm trying not to count, but in a singles match, I think the last person to beat her was Asuka at Royal Rumble. So it's a, it's a perfect story. This again, felt like a TV match because it wasn't the blow off. It was another step towards the eventual blow off, which makes me feel like, why did I watch it? Yeah. Why am I paying nine ninety nine for the network if this is just going to be another episode of Raw or SmackDown? And even then, like I'm pretty sure that the only two people that have beaten Becky Lynch since really, God, I want to say Money in the Bank 2018 are Charlotte and Asuka. That's yeah. it. She's been supremely protected. And she's given good stuff to work with usually. And as a result, she's super over. It's amazing how that works. Mm. Amazing. Ah, oh, damn. So this, you know, the show, the show wasn't over after there was something it, after that. It wasn't over. So actually before this, we see a brawl breaking out backstage. The street profits are backstage talking that shit as they do. But you see Roman Reigns and Baron Corbin brawling. You see Gable and Buddy Murphy brawling. You see Big E and Ziggler brawling. And then Kofi and the Revival. I was able to match them up accordingly. I don't know the cause of this, the rhyme or reason. I do think it was hilarious that Street Profits were like, yeah, we're just going to stomp Buddy Murphy out with Chad Gable. Why not? Because this very much seemed like... um, I I don't know what caused this. But it's also interpromotional, too. Like, it's... Which I hope doesn't carry over to Raw and SmackDown because I, I don't want it to. Hopefully it's billed for the Royal Rumble. Then it, the show closes by Roman Reigns hitting a spear off of a stage onto a pile and they fall like dominoes. Kind of actually, it's super fake, but kind of impressive how it unfolded. What do you think of all this? Uh, um, I thought it was a horrible way to end the show. I was upset that the Revival... We're not selling uh, the effects of the ladder match and came out to help uh, Baron Corbin in his match with Roman Reigns. But then I'm doubly upset when Roman Reigns comes out and has a brawl to end the show when he should be selling the beatdown that he took at the end of that match. So essentially, uh, the match itself didn't affect him at all. Sure, he lost, but he didn't have to go to a local medical facility. He didn't have to get stitches. He didn't have to get checked for uh, you know any sort of head trauma. He, he didn't go home. He, he's on the hunt. The big dog's on the hunt. So that match was for nothing because he didn't suffer at all. It was just – it was Hogan must pose. It was yeah. Roman's got Roman's to end the show. Uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna have this in the sh- in the show and be the main event for some reason because we have to have the women's tag title match be the main event so we can you know crow about that and like oh we put the women at the at the end of the show look at look at how progressive we are but the main event is still Roman Reigns wherever you put him on the card because of things like this I thought that e- even though I didn't like the Carrillo Andrade stomp spot and it completely ruined the match for me that and the first two matches. I was like, damn, all right, this is going to be a good show. Yeah, I did too. I've never seen one go downhill and stay downhill that much. And the thing is, normally I'd be excited by a show-ending segment like like what we saw. But how much I've seen the the brand split be bastardized over the past year to the point to where it's it's really restricted the growth of a lot of people and restricted the growth of a lot of creative. And it's been so lazy, I'm not. Let me ask you, based on who wasn't booked to wrestle on this show, could there have been a better, more interesting card just comprised of those people? Because we're talking AJ Styles, AOP, Rollins, Owens, Mysterio, Lesnar, Ricochet, Bailey, Sasha, Orton, Daniel Bryan, Nakamura, the 24-7 title even. There were no singles titles defended on this show. You could have put together a hell of a a card with just the people that were not on this show, as you rightfully pointed out. 
uh, I don't know what they were thinking. I, 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 in my head, I feel like this show was an afterthought. As they're booking the year, Survivor Series is this big sort of, um, you know, interpromotional all-star game gimmick. And they spend all this time getting NXT over because they want to, you know, beat AEW on Wednesday nights. But then they have to throw together a gimmick pay-per-view. So they're scrambling to figure out, you know, who's going to be on the sh- on the card, what matches they're going to do, what matches they can give away that they're not going to put on the Royal Rumble. Basically, it's like, well, you know, we we don't want to waste a bunch of um, big hot matches that we could put on the Royal Rumble. So let's put Miz and Dan and, and and Bray Wyatt together, even though the story's not about them. It's going to be a squash match. Uh, let's just put it on it because we need to fill a card. That's really all this was is just a bunch of filler uh, and a couple really strong, fun matches uh, interspersed. Amongst the filler. And I think we are six weeks from the Royal Rumble. And a couple of those are holiday weeks. So I am not optimistic about the build. This is going to be a grim period of time. You know, holidays are already always pretty tough for WWE. Uh, the, the period of time between Survivor Series and this pay-per-view was what? Two and a half weeks? Yes. Something, something really brief. Um, so that's why it was rushed and why it felt rushed and why it felt inconsequential. Um, but now, like you said, we've got six weeks until the Royal Rumble, which is going to be a big show. And I'm sure they're going to go all out to fill up that baseball stadium. But, uh, I'm not optimistic either that, uh, these next three weeks are going to be fun. I feel like they, they cram the build into the last week and a half or two weeks. And then, you know, four weeks of nothing happening as things stand. Who's your prediction to win the men's and women's Royal Rumble? Whew, this is a good question. Um, women's Royal Rumble, Sasha Banks. Fair. I think Sasha and Bailey is going to happen. That'd be good. I don't know. I don't know why, but I feel like should have last year. Should have last year. There's. I don't know yeah, what, I, where wait, they would take Bailey other than that. Should have two thousand. 18 and maybe 19 or no 2018 then they probably should have been a tag team in 2019 right Ugh. and then men's it's tough because you have to ask yourself you know what are the going to be the the two big title matches at wrestlemania uh or if nxt is going to be involved if nxt is involved i could see maybe champa either either making like a final spot or something like that because they're clearly doing a thing where he can't get to the title that he never lost type of thing yeah yeah, I mean, I, I, if it was up to me, NXT would have at least a match on the WrestleMania card. Yeah, uh, I think it's it's past time that they start doing that. Yeah. Um, but if I if I had to be a betting man, I'm gonna say Roman Reigns. Yeah. Because I think it, I think the the Lesnar match is gonna be Cain Velasquez again or some sort of like part timer gimmick. Um, and so I think it's it's gonna be Roman oh. uh, going after Bray. And he's gonna eliminate Corbin. To win yeah, it's it. gonna be absolutely, and yeah, it's gonna be so like when it was Big Show and Kane, and I can't remember who the hell else it was that that was in there, and it was like very clear. Oh, Ugh. twenty was that 2014, 2015? Maybe, yeah, yeah I think yeah. it's twenty. Yeah, I think it's twenty twenty fourteen. No pun intended, but wolf. right. My yeah. God, uh, some plugs, guys. FightfulSelect.com. Make sure you guys subscribe there and breaking news there often. Uh, we have a Facebook discussion group. Head over there. But we are working to get our channel back. We'll see where that goes. But Dave, tell the good people where they can find you. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dave underscore Schilling. And I have a newsletter uh, at uh, DaveSchilling.substack.com. If you subscribe, you'll get uh, tonight's TLC review where I say a lot of the same things but with more profanity. Uh I also review Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, AEW, and NXT every week. Um, So check that out. I think it's well worth your time and potentially your money. For $5 a month, you can get all that content plus extras. So check it out. I also did a Q&A with some of the readers about my time in WWE. So there's some real hot tidbits in there uh, that you might find interesting. Guys, well worth it. Make sure you guys check Dave out. Uh, let us know what you think, and make sure you give him good feedback too, so he can he can continue to grow that as well. 
Leave a thumbs up on this. Make sure you all subscribe. Check out the other content I have here. I have like a three and a half hour like video interview marathon up and a couple other podcasts. Got to get those watch hours up so I can monetize this joint. But until next time, guys, thank you all so much. We're out. Thanks, buddy. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.